Joseph Gordon-Levitt is to Twitter what John Tesh is to late-night FM radio. Gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, uh, I am. Um, I had a lot of other videos planned. I have or videos. These are podcasts. They may be turning into videos. I, so I guess I just kind of put a little bit of a horse before the cart there for you. But uh, as of right now, they're just podcasts. But I have a. Uh, I got a lot of things brewing inside, and I'm excited to share those with you guys and finally get back to doing this on a regular basis. But uh, today we've got a topic that uh, skipped the line of a couple of the ones that I have uh, coming up for you. I'll tease some of those at the end of the show. Uh, But we've got a little bit of a problem on our hands here. Uh, (laughs) Hollywood is on fire, uh, and... I feel like I've got to just kind of get it out there. Um, I know that uh, no one, hardly anyone listens to this podcast, especially for as long as I've been away. I understand. <laughs> I understand no one listens to this. But uh, if you are, if you are listening, I want you to know right now, I very much appreciate you. Uh, and I hope to continue to put out uh, at least consistent work. <laughs> <laughs> Can we hope for consistent first? Let's get consistent first, and then we'll prioritize right after that one, just right after consistency. Then we'll start to see if we can make them good. But let's get back to at least consistency. <laughs> that may be the, uh, that's, uh, honestly, it's, it's the uh, key for any podcast, really. I don't, I don't care what you're doing. I've started a ton of podcasts. They all kind of start off the same in a weird way where you're not 100% sure exactly what's going on, and then once you figure it out, you're just rolling. You're rolling and you can't stop. And so uh, we'll, we'll get there again with this show. But I've got to, uh, we got to stop it, because uh, Hollywood, we need to talk. <laughs> or at least I'm going to talk to Hollywood, and of course you, the listener here as well, ultimately to get this off my chest. Uh, so hello, Hollywood. My name is Adam. I'm from the film Fine. Don't worry. No one else has heard of me either, so, you know, I understand that, you know, you'll never hear this perfectly fine with me. We just got to get it out, and since I pay for the podcast bandwidth, I figure, you know, why not spill it out to the few people who might listen? Maybe you'll agree with me, guys. Maybe you'll uh, tell people about it, share it, but if you don't, if you don't agree, just shut up. I don't care. (laughs) Just move along. It's fine. Uh, But I do care. I don't care, but I do care. I'm, I'm, I'm just a complicated person. Uh, But Hollywood, if you're listening, I hope you do hear this. And I hope you know that despite what I might say, the jabs I will throw, and I've got a lot of them to throw, it hurts me to say these things. But I just want people to know that what I'm talking about here isn't political mostly, but it is mostly about 
uh, is my belief that Hollywood does not actually care about Hollywood. Hollywood, you've lost your way. While there were a ton of things that I could be cracking on about you, I'm just going to stick to this one, and this one should be so easy that it doesn't even come off as a wild or crazy idea whose chances of it actually being something that's good is like hitting the lottery every second of every day for the rest of your life. I, I could just see everyone getting on board with this, and it's easy as just stepping up to the plate and being the person that you tell us that you are. Hollywood needs to step up and save cinema. It's it's as easy as that. That's what my entire argument here is right now. Of all the political, social, and artistic things that you think Hollywood would care most about, movies, their occupation in Los Angeles, the city that they live in, well, when it's convenient for them and they don't have to, you know, they don't just live in one place like the rest of us. They're special. Uh, but in the city they live in, in a city uh, where every one of them dreamed at some point that they'd be living in a magical paradise where dreams come true, only if you're given a chance, you believe in yourself real hard and you work super good. The dream everyone dreams, but you did it. You did it. It's a bit of a scary thought to me. I don't know if I would actually like to have that, it, that responsibility. It's a drag. Uh, you know, it's, it's not good. Responsibility sucks. Check out the film Find Published Dates. I'm not proud of that. But it, like me coming back to this podcast, I understand that it's just something that I've got to do. And I hope you guys understand that this is just me wishing this world a perfect place. It's not going to happen, but it shouldn't stop us from trying. You know what I mean? So let's get into what all this uh, fuss is about. Let's check out an article written by uh, Christy Caracas. Caris? Caris. I think it's Caris. I'm not a good reader. Uh, so good luck to you guys for this one. Uh, Christy Caris, staff writer for the Los Angeles Times on April 12th, or excuse me, April 13th, rather, 2021. And I'll have this uh, link in the show notes as well. Uh, it is entitled, With Arc-Like Cinema Closing... Hollywood rallies behind a special uh, Hollywood. I'm sorry. Hollywood. It's so corny. Hollywood rallies behind such a special place. You'll forgive me when I'm doing one show here. I'm uh, having a high life. So, but here we go. Here's uh, here's uh, Christie's article. Hollywood heavyweights are rallying to save the Arclight Cinemas after the owner of the beloved theater chain announced that its doors would not reopen after the COVID-19 pandemic took an extreme financial toll on the movie-going industry. The jointly owned Arclight and Pacific Theaters will both remain closed after shutting down due to a public health emergency. Pacific Theaters said Monday in a statement, it said... By the way, I, I can I say this? I hate the writing style of the Los Angeles Times. It's them. The New York Times does this as well. They have these little weird-ass picadillos where it's we have to have this particular style here for our stupid-ass you know, newspaper or whatever. For fuck's sake, just write it like a normal person. Write it what, like we would read it, you idiots. All right, so that's if you hear me stumbling, it's mostly due to the weird way that they force you to read this shit. It said, despite a huge effort that exhausted all potential options, the company does not have any viable way forward. Then we get into a couple of celebrities after this, uh, and and their thoughts, their thoughts. That's that's one of the main words. One of the, their thoughts are uh, here with us. 
Uh, she goes on. Mindy Kaling, Ryan Johnson, Lulu Wang, Barry Jenkins, John M. Chu, and James Gunn were among the entertainment luminaries who took to social media to mourn the loss of the Arclight, known for having or for hosting movie premieres and in-depth panel discussions with filmmakers. Well, this sucks, tweeted Johnson, director of blockbuster Star Wars The Last Jedi and Knives Out. Every single person who worked at the Arclight loved movies, and you felt it. Sending love to every usher, manager, and projectionist who rocked the blue shirt and made it such a special place. Seems nice. I'm cynical, wrote producer and writer and actress Kaling. That's Mindy Kaling for you. I like the I like the art like hmm, I feel like the arc light not really it, the arc light's not really gone and some corporation has bought it and is this is part of a strategy to cause mourning and then they swoop in and save it and we love them and we and we uh, forget the, their competition I mean that's what I would do if I was evil. Here's the thing, Mindy Kaling, we're gonna get back around to that because that's not a completely horrible idea. But I don't know that a business is uh, what we're actually talking about here. So uh, let's go on. The neither or never have I ever mastermind also reminisced about date nights at arc-like screenings of movies helmed by Oscar-nominated writer and director Greta Gerwig. Quote, we've all been on bad dates to the Arclight where you're watching a Greta Gerwig movie and the guy doesn't like it because he knows Greta is more talented than him and also would never date him and you had the realization that you can't date this kind of guy anymore. Kaling joked, save the Arclight. While, while funny in its nature, first of all, I like Greta Gerwig movies. I'll say that right off the bat. I like all of them. I like the, you know, the early Mumblecore stuff. I like the new stuff. I'm a fan. I'll just say it right here, right now. And if you're a dude and you can't say that you enjoy that Greta Gerwig shit, I mean, I don't know what to tell you. She's great. That that said, you shouldn't be with that dude anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, you saved yourself on that one. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy filmmaker Gunn said that he would miss talking to the employees about their favorite films, which they had listed on their name tags. And we like doing that to people at Blockbuster and go, what shitty movie do you like? My theater did that. We have the, uh, the name tags and our favorite movie listed on there. And uh, the first one that I chose, because uh, I've, I've only changed it once since I initially got there, uh, the first one was Back to the Future, uh, because that is my Desert Island movie. Uh, Star Wars probably the favorite, but like for instead of just putting Star Wars like every other fat you know old nerd at this point, I'm like let's let's you know let's at least make it Back to the Future so I don't feel like a complete butthole. So I had that for a while, and then when I when I upgraded uh, badges and stuff, they're like, "What do you want this one to say?" This is going to be uh, the engraved one and everything. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it up here," and I chose Blowout because I like you knew at that point like I, I it's not one of I mean it's certainly a favorite movie of mine, but it's not like you know the ultimate favorite. But I think it was one that I wanted to just have on to that anyone who actually read it had to know something and would engage me about it. They'd just be like Blowout. I mean, my manager herself asked, "It's like that's not like a dirty movie or anything." And I'm like, "Well, not in the way you're thinking." <laughs> 
Upon hearing the news, the farewell director Wang remembered her first time meeting Quentin Tarantino in the lobby of the Hollywood Arclight. While crazy rich Asians filmmaker Ch- uh, Chu finally recalled debating or debuting rather his first feature in the same location, home to the famous Cinerama Dome Theater. And see, it's this setup article right here. Then we're going to go into weird quotes and stuff, and you'll realize this thing is just this style is is fucking awful. Los Angeles Times, devastating. Wang wrote, "Too many losses to process. It's too much." What's what's sad news? Echoed Chu. I love this theater, and I had my first premiere for my first movie. Step up to the streets. There. First of all, I fucking love Step Up to the Streets. I'm gonna tell you that shit right here, right now. If you go all the way back in some of them early episodes of the film, fine, you will see me and Matt talking about Step Up to the Streets like you wouldn't believe. That shit's gold. So I, I he always got my respect for that. Uh, so I snuck out of the movie early so I could cut a piece of the red carpet and keep it. It sits on my desk. Man, this is hard to read. That's him saying that, not me for once. So keep that in mind. <laughs> Honey Boy director Almar Harari Hari? tweeted, Arclight forever. Spent a whole decade seeing films in this temple of cinema and was so lucky to have our film there right before COVID. Here's a sampling of a broken heart, like blah, 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 blah. All right, anyways, so there's a whole bunch of these things. And here's James Gunn's. I'm gutted. The Arclight has been an amazing uh, support to cinema in L.A. I'll miss talking to the employees about their favorite films, which ones they had listed on their uh, name tags. The theaters have been an integral part to so many key moments in my life. I'll miss them forever. Why Why the fucking nail in the coffin there, James Gunn? Jesus Christ. I mean, you 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 just you put it on Front Street right there. That's a I don't. This will never happen. We can't do anything about it. Shut the door, Linda. Who cares? That's insane to me. That's an insane sentence. Blah blah blah. We read that one. Uh, Gina Price uh, Blywood. I'm sorry, I don't really know who she is. Uh, this is so painful. The arc light is my go-to. Clean, great sound, assigned stadium seating, great popcorn, Usher movie instructions, a true movie-going experience. Adam McKay, very verbose in this one, he just says, this is heartbreaking. All right. Ben Schwartz says, the Arclight Hollywood was my most favorite theater in the world to see movies. My home court of cinema in L.A. I saw my first movie there in L.A. when I moved there and uh, this is how he writes it moved here in 2009 and the last movie before the pandemic truly a bummer uh sharon uh uh woodhard sharon woodhard uh not her who not sure who she is seriously when people ask me what my benchmark would be for what i wanted when this was over it was to go back to sitting in the far weird corner of the arc light restaurant drinking wine doing a crossword waiting for my friends to meet me for a movie oh, oh and joseph gordon levitt by the way joseph gordon levitt is to twitter what <laughs> i had this i had this joseph gordon levitt is to twitter what john tesh is to late night fm radio he is. He just puts things out on Twitter that are like these shitty, like his entire like timeline is just fucking clickbait porn. It's just stupid. It's so dumb. He shares the weirdest things. 
It's like, Jogo, you're a Gen Xer man. Stop printing out things like somebody's, you know, 68-year-old Nana. My God. Whew. But this is a real one. He didn't have to. This wasn't. This one was a real tweet from him. I'm so sad. I remember going to the Cinerama Dome to see Star Trek uh, Four with my dad when I was little. So many memories since then. I mean, and Jogo's an L.A. boy. That guy, he's, he's out there all the time. Here's the deal. Phineas, don't know who the fuck that is, says R.I.P. Arclight. Uh, there's a whole handful of these things. But here's the deal. A historical landmark in Los Angeles is about to close. Hollywood Ghost cries out to the world, sharing pictures and stories. A whole bunch of, oh, so sad. It drives me bananas. Of all the people that were out there, there was one, one that I saw talking about this. And I mean, and when I say one, I mean one of you blue check marks that live out in LA that are, you know, likely not listening to this, but it's you. You of all of you, someone who is not even American had the best take, and I don't know why the rest of you don't have it. Here's Edgar Wright. Edgar Wright tweeted. I have so many great and proud memories of the Arclight and the Pacific Theaters, the Dome, Arclight Hollywood, and the America, the Americana and Grove 2. But I don't want to post my thoughts in the past tense as I don't want to write an obituary. My first thought was what can be done to help? Hollywood, if that doesn't make you feel like an asshole right now, I I, I don't know how much more we're going to convince you. I I don't think I'll be able to convince you, but holy shit. Edgar Wright, who, you know, lived in another country his entire life and then got over to Hollywood, lived this giant American dream. He is a name. I have all I say is his name. And every single one of you listening to this knows who the fuck that is. This guy has lived the dream to go over to like as wild and crazy as a thought of, of, you know, becoming big and everything in Hollywood is for an American. We're at least on the same, you know, in the, on the same continent, in the same country as, as this thing that is, that is, you know, LA and the scene and everything. This is a guy who is way removed from that, went all the way there, and he is the one who is picking up his sword and saying, hey, guys, uh, where the fuck are you all running to? Where are you going? You're all, like, I have never seen so many folding chairs in my entire life. It's insane. You people just hung it up right away. You said, ah, what are you going to do? Another closing. I guess that's how it goes. We will raise money for so much bullshit. And we're asked by celebrities. Here's what I love. I love seeing celebrities encouraging uh, people like the rest of us to donate a lot of our money. Now, we should. We should want to, in our hearts, donate money to people. We shouldn't have to want for a celebrity to be the one to tell us that that's what we need to do. But, like I, like I said, I'm, I'm not here to bag on celebrities other than the fact that none of them are stepping up. None of them, save for Edgar Wright. I haven't seen anyone. I've heard some people say, um, 
oh, I hope somebody can do this. Like I said, Mindy Kaling said she hopes like there's a a giant conglomeration who wants to uh, swoop in, grab up all that debt. Now I understand again. This is not a um, not a COVID thing. I'm not gonna you know go into that. Uh, theater shut down. How do I? I mean, I I was in the fold. I got I got kicked out of uh, out of a job. I was uh, a manager of a movie theater, and I got got to boot. Will uh will be coming back uh, soon? Will my job be there because I was low man on totem pole? I don't know. So you know. It, it it's it's not as big as you guys, but it affects me as well. <laughs> it's not as big as the Hollywood big boys. I, I understand. I get it. Um, money's great, but I I feel like there's a lot of people in Hollywood who have big mouths when it comes to so many things. But when it comes to something that is as simple as stepping up. I don't. It doesn't have to be one of you. It doesn't have to be. And I'm going to call him out. I'm going to say. I'm going to say it because his name's at the top of the board, and that's a great thing. And I believe it belongs there. Steven Spielberg. Stevie, are you listening? Steven, I know the internet is not usually a very reliable place. That said, according to the internet, you're worth about five billion dollars. That's with a B. It's a little old old school radio for you. That's with a B, everybody. Um. You could take care of this by yourself, my man. You could. He could take this. This problem goes away, and Steven Spielberg becomes not only the most celebrated uh, director, I think, in Hollywood history, probably the most profitable. Count all of those flicks, man. Shit, most people would be happy to have just a Jaws-sized box office return. This motherfucker has all of them. Um, I love Steven Spielberg. And it would make... It, here's the thing. And, and, and as much as I love Spielberg, too, we got to start... we got to start thinking about the future of uh, cinema, everybody. we got to figure out where things are going. A lot of the people that we grew up with are getting older. Some of the legends are going away. We're seeing them. Ones that we, you know, it felt like they would never die are going to go. They're going to fucking go. And we want to make sure that we leave something behind that, you know, these guys would be proud of. And I, I think that these guys, you know, listen, George Lucas did a fantastic job. When George Lucas took the money that he got from selling all of the uh, Star Wars stuff over to Disney... He basically gave it all away to like all of these charities and shit like that. I don't remember all the details of it, but essentially he was just like, no, I'm just kind of giving back and stuff. He's, he's set. You don't need to have all that kind of stuff. But that seems more George in a lot of weird and crazy ways because he was more like the, the quiet, goofy kid. And, you know, you can look at him and you fucking understand that. Uh, I'm moving on. Anyways, but what I'm saying here is these guys are going out. Steven Spielberg is not going to be around with us too much longer. He is in his 70s. Stevie, if you, like, you've already cemented your place in Hollywood history. I don't know how many Oscars you have, but it's a lot. 
I don't know how many all of the other awards are, but my guess is you've got a room that uh, that has all these awards in them, and you could probably host a, a mid-sized dinner party in the in that size of that room. That's how big you are, my man. Uh, and I'm not saying Steven Spielberg has to do this alone. But, I mean, it would be amazing because we could hang it on one of the best of all times, one of the most celebrated of all times, one of the most profitable of all times. You are the Hollywood, you know, uh, dream. Literally, because, you know, he, he was at a time when he grew up and everything. Hollywood has just kind of started and gotten into its thing. It's got a whole bunch of old people at this point. He's that new one coming in. So we're about to go through that entire uh, facet of history right there. We're going through that one. We're leading into the next one. And if you're already, you know, the, uh, I, don't, I don't know, Michael Jordan. He's the Michael Jordan of it because that's the only other. <laughs> there's there's too many, like, greatest in all the other sports these days. I don't give a shit what you say. Jordan, for me, is is NBA, so we'll, we'll just compare to Jordan. Uh, Steven Spielberg is the Michael Jordan. He's just the best all around. You, you, and if you're like, you know, down in the last couple of minutes, Spielberg's the boy that can come and help you out the, uh, the gate there and make you fantastic. Giant history. Uh, but he doesn't have to be the only one. Every, you know, I'm just saying, if you are a giant stuffed shirt in Hollywood or you are some producer or somebody who walks around and pretends like you have a big dick for everybody to see because you're such a big guy, you need to step up. You need to step up, and if you if you want the accolades that you believe that you deserve, if you want people telling you and reaffirming your thoughts and beliefs that you're a good person and you believe in humanity and the arts, all the things that you tell us that you care about, do you care about them? Show us that you care about them. Get a consortium of you motherfuckers together. I don't care. And make the cinemas what you want them to be. We all have this, uh, we have fears of of the future of cinema. I know I do. Uh, Just recently, like we said, I went to go see Godzilla uh, versus Kong. And an IMAX theater at 2 p.m. on a Thursday. You figure this is going to be the biggest hyped up crowd that you've ever seen? No. They, I mean, some of them still just kind of talking as if it was their house and a cat with his cell phone on. I about lost my mind. It was just like, you've been sequestered away from movies for so long. And you drift right back into it. <laughs> Full course, just as if nothing had happened. <laughs> I get it. That shit's tough. I, I, you know, I love the movies so much. I love going to the movies. I love everything about it, and I hate everything about it. If if you've been a fan of this podcast for any time, you know I've got stories beyond stories of just absolutely horrible movie-going experiences. But uh, I, I still go. I still go. I You go and you deal with the bullshit in hopes that you get that one time. And it doesn't happen all the time. In fact, it probably happens fairly irregularly. (laughs) But you go and then sometimes, sometimes you have that one experience in a theater where all the stars aligned. Everything was perfect. 
that's what you're that's what you were going for. And like, and I'll tell you, if it takes 50 theater <laughs> viewings to get one of those, and probably it takes more than that, if I'm quite honest. But it, let's say it takes 50, man, when you get there, it's worth it. So you have a chance here. You have a chance to save Hollywood, become the people that you tell us that you are, these great, heart-loving, just beautiful people who love the arts, who love people that work at these locations, the little people. You say you love the little people. You say you love all this stuff. Don't let all the Arclight and Pacific theaters turn into fucking uh, parking garages. All right? You should, you should be, like, I, I don't know why it's not. I don't know if it is, but it feels like it should be. The, the dome should be like a historical monument, right? Feels like it's got to be one to me. That shit should be, if it's not, that thing should be a, an historical landmark and be protected. And here's the deal. Maybe, maybe you can't buy all of the theaters. Maybe you can't buy, you know, like I said, there's several theaters that are in this group. But you could pick a theater, probably. I don't know if they're they're like, you take the lot or you take none of them. And then I don't know that a pirate is the one that's selling it to them, but that's fine. Uh, but if you got one or two of these theaters, three of these theaters, you know, big ones, the historic ones, Dome, obviously, Cinerama Doom, uh, and just preserve that shit, man. Show movies there, have, you know, turn it into fucking whatever. You again, Hollywood. This is where you can step in. Show us how creative you are. Show us what you think the best movie theater in the world would be. But don't go fucking redesigning shit. That's a, and I, here's the thing. I've actually I've never been to any uh, to to the Cinerama Dome, ArcLight, anything like that. None of them. Uh, I went to, uh, I've only been to LA one time and that was in around 2004, I guess, whatever celebration four was celebration in LA. We flew out there. Uh, it was on the cheapest tickets that I, that you could find across country. It was unbelievable how cheap we got everything. We ended up staying on, uh, on Holly in the, uh, what was it called? The Hollywood Inn. I mistakenly thought it was a Holiday Inn, and it was not a Holiday Inn. It was the Hollywood Inn on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, just just a couple of uh, stones throw away from Jumbo's Clown Room. Uh, so we would walk down there. Uh, so we 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 walked all the way down to Hollywood Boulevard and everything. And uh, Man's Chinese Theaters, where we uh, saw oh, what was the second uh, twenty eight days later? Twenty or so twenty eight days, twenty eight. Whatever the second twenty eight days movie was, I don't, I can't fucking remember. Uh, but we saw that, and at uh, Grandma's Chinese Theater at the time. Now it's like TCL or some shit. But we saw this movie. Uh, the movie sucked. I didn't like it. It was not good. I didn't particularly care for the first one, but it was the uh, like forty year uh, celebration of Star Wars in um, that day. In that theater and stuff. So I was just like, hey, man, you know, 40 years ago, this date, Star Wars premiered here. Why are we not going to see a movie there? We didn't care what the movie was. But it gave you a chance. It gave you a chance to look around at all the, like, really cool shit. 
So that's the only one I went to. Because uh, we were there for Star Wars convention, and I think most of our trip was more of a more of a swingers tour, I guess it were. You know, like a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, and the uh, the what do you call it there, the the nightclub or whatever that they went Dresden, the Dresden. <laughs> I'm like, come on, grasp it. Um, but yeah, so we did kind of like a little swingers tour outside of, but the majority of time we spent there was for the uh, convention and everything. That'll be a good George Lucas story for uh, another time. But, uh, so I have not gone to the New Beverly. I have not gone to the Arclight or anything else like that. So, uh, I'm peeved. I'm peeved, man, because I do know the history. I know the history of CinemaScope and everything. And it was a, you know, a bucket list thing to go and do that. And if they're going to shut it down, I, I just, I, I can't believe it. I mean, but I can believe it, but I can't believe at this point, no one in Hollywood is stepping up. Step up, Hollywood. This is my this is my point. I know a lot of you have a lot of money. How about you put your money where your mouth is? Stop giving it to stupid fucking politicians who are doing nothing but piss it away, doing God knows what, starting more wars and all this other kind of shit. Republican, Democrat, I don't give a fuck. They're all doing it. How about you put that back into your community? How about you make Hollywood... The shining beacon that it once was. Make it that thing again where everyone wants to go there. No one wants to go there now. I hope you don't know. You may not know this, but it's you're not as popular as you used to be. Make yourself better, Los Angeles. Get your shit together. Pretend that you actually care about your city. Pretend that you actually care about the art form with which you also participate. And put your money into saving fucking cinema in Los Angeles. Quentin Tarantino already did it. I know a lot of people are like pushing his name around and stuff's going, get Tarantino to do it. Tarantino saved the new Beverly Theater from going out of business when um, <clears throat> uh, Sherman Sherman died. I, I forget his last name. Torek? It's a name I can't remember. Uh, but when Sherman died... Tarantino took over the new Beverly and said, as long as I am living and I am, you know, able, financially able to do so, essentially, I don't think those were exact words, but as long as I got money in my pocket and breath in my lungs, the new Beverly cinema is going to stay open. And it has. It's been years since that's happened. They refurbished some stuff, made things nice in there and everything from what I'm to understand. And uh, it's going to continue on once all of this uh, brouhaha uh, goes away, which it is. I mean, it, it, it is, people. Just look, look at the times. And that's fantastic because I can't wait to get back to it, man. A lot of herd immunity and all that kind of good stuff. Uh, I think everybody truly wants to get back to normal. And going to the movies is going to be something that was normal. When I was in that, like I said, when I was in the uh, Godzilla versus Kong, it... Uh, it just felt good. It felt good with people. You could kind of like, it, when they weren't shitty, they were great. <laughs> the one character gets killed and we're like, I mean, like it wasn't a big applause, but it was enough of one to where you were just like, man, if this wasn't COVID, man, if this place was full up and you like, if you did it like at my theater, especially where we serve alcohol, oh my God, in a packed theater when that chick gets killed, whoo, that would have been an explosion. It would have been nuts because everybody hated that girl. And if you put alcohol in a whole bunch of people having fun together, God damn it, I used to love going to the movies. 
like I said, man, uh, when it's great, it's fucking great. It is also very bad. There's things that we got to do to fix it, but here's the thing. Right now, at least as far as real estate goes, at least as far as, fuck, even if you're just going to make it into a museum that people can pay the money to go and walk through, fucking save that building. Get it together. Save cinema. Become the people that you tell us constantly that you are. All right, so I've prattled on long enough. Um, But that's it. Sorry that uh, I've, uh, uh, I just had to get it out. Had to get it out. I appreciate it. I will see you here next time. Uh, quick little teaser here. I'm going to uh, talk about the book from Gunnar Hansen, Chainsaw Confidential. came out a couple years back. I just went through it and rewatched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So uh, uh, I have a very interesting history with Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So uh, I think we'll talk a little bit about the movie and the book itself in the next episode coming up very, very soon. And we got even more ideas after that. I'm telling you, we're back, and I'm super happy about it. I'm super glad you guys are here. Uh, I will see you next time. It. I say we, but I guess it's the royal we. Uh, if, if I'm calling myself the film find, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a fucking YouTuber where I call myself. That's the that's the worst, man. If you become, uh, you know, that guy, like you guys know, uh, you might know the report of the week. This kid probably uh, somewhere's in his twenties now, but he still looks like he's like fourteen. Clearly, in what is his. Uh, his grandma's house in Florida. And, um, but he, he just ended up calling himself the report of the week. And that's how you got to refer to yourself as a, as a brand. Seemed weird. So I'm not going around saying, hi, I'm the, I'm the film find. I'm Adam. <laughs> it's not difficult. Sorry. I, uh, I didn't, I, I don't edit. These shows, this is it. This is the raw. Everything that you've heard right here, save for a little punch at the beginning, is uh, everything raw to tape. Don't do any edits. So uh, I apologize for any of the uh, kind of cat and mouth that I'm getting right here. I do have a, I do have this Miller High Life. I took a couple of, couple of uh, shots off of here, but I was, uh, I didn't want to get too, too pacey, too pacey from uh, Dawson's Creek. I didn't want to get. I didn't want to get that all the time. But then again, I can't quite tell. I'm looking at the meters, and I can't see if that necessarily even tracks. Fuck, I probably could have been drinking out of this. But you got to have that moment to kind of 
get back together. If you got a good, uh, <laughs> if you got a good noise gate, they don't hear all the all the gross shit. I don't like keeping that noise gate too tight, but not loose enough to where it hears the gross shit. <laughs> I'm just doing it uh, to get this bastard up to forty minutes. <laughs> See you next time.